as a manufacturer, how can you help your ideal buyer, that soulmate, make a buying decision on a Friday night at midnight without having to wait for you to open up your doors on Monday? That's a competitive advantage. Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. When you think about e-commerce, what comes to mind? Probably Amazon, right? Or maybe buying clothes or coffee or fishing gear from one of your favorite companies online. But in general, consumer products, right? What most people wouldn't think of is a six-figure custom configured piece of manufacturing equipment. Yet here we are. It's 2021, and this is a very different buying landscape than it was even five years ago. In today's conversation, we're going to get into this topic of e-commerce specifically for manufacturers. And we'll look at different things that e-commerce can actually mean, because it's time that the industrial sector shifts its mindset about how to respond to the way that buyers actually want to go through their buying process. On that note, let me introduce my guest. Kurt Anderson founded an e-commerce company in 1995 that was ranked three times on the Internet Retailer Magazine Top 1000 e-commerce companies. Since selling that company, Kurt has served as an e-commerce consultant targeting manufacturers. Kurt is the author of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret, founder of B2Btail.com, and co-founder of EcommerceMGMT.com, an e-commerce resource guide for manufacturers. Kurt, welcome to the show. Joe, what an honor. Thank you so much, man. I am absolutely thrilled to be here with you today. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here. We're, you know, I, there are a lot of people that I, I've had on this show at this point who I have discovered through just through LinkedIn and often because of little micro clips I've pulled out of podcast episodes that resonated and then we strike up conversation and you kind of fall, fall into that category. We kind of share a lot. Of, we're running in a lot of the same circles in, in the manufacturing sector, if I find. Absolutely. And what I love is, you know, just to kind of, you know, I, I know I'm on your show, but I got to throw it back at you, you know, a little love your way. You know, you guys, you and your team just do an amazing job. And it just, it was, this was a long overdue for me to connect with you. You guys at Gorilla 76 just do such incredible work. And so again, thank you. I'm just, I feel very blessed to be here today. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. And, and I'm, I'm going to be on your webinar coming up soon too. So by the time this is live, that may have happened already, but that, that's going to be fun as well. So I, I really like what you're doing on that front. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, very good. So Kurt, you know, I, I did during the first year of this podcast, you're, you're going to be episode 70-ish here. And during the first year, somewhere back around 30 or 40 or so, I think I had, I did one commerce or one episode touching on e-commerce didn't go super deep on it. It was a good, you know, episode to sort of dive in, into the topic, but there's so much to discuss there. And when I met you, I'm like, all right, I got to get 
we got to go deep with, with Kurt here and, and get some, get another perspective. And so here we are. So we're going to get into that today. But first, I would love to hear a little bit about your book. I really, I love the title, Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. And you told me a little bit on our last call what that's all about, what that means, but I'm going to let you say it in your words. Well, thank you. And, and, and again, kind of throwing something back at you guys. I know, you know, you're not the best kept secret because you guys are out there. You know, you do, you and John do an amazing, amazing job. And I just, I, I want to say again, why I'm so thrilled to be here. You guys are truly, truly American entrepreneurial success story. I love how, you know, two buddies get together, a side gig turns into a business. A business is now 22 individuals. Now, not only call this work or a job, it's a career and you're providing for 22 different uh, families out there and you know, you're know you helping manufacturers to stop being the best kept secret. So again, my hat's off to you and John, just so admirable and I have just such deep respect for what you guys have accomplished. So you know, again, I just wanted to, I feel compelled to share that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. It's very inspiring. You know, I, and, and you mentioned, you know, I started a business a uh, hundred years ago. I'm much older than you. And so just kind of looking back at you and John, and I spent a lot of time kind of, you know, following what you guys do. And it's just, it's really just such an inspiration. You know, the book stopped being a best kept secret. So you and I both target, how can we help manufacturers, you know, and, you know, heartbeat of America, it's really the basis of our economy. It's not what it was, you know, back in the day, but boy, there's a nice resurgence and, you know, revitalization of American manufacturing right now. So it's really such a blessing for both of us to be in this space. You know, I had an e-commerce business, you know, had a nice run, sold it. And we're like, man, what do I want to do when I grow up now? You know, I was like 40 at the time. I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm not 40 anymore. But I kept calling on manufacturers, trying to help them with e-commerce. And I'd be like, hey, Mr. And Mrs. Manufacturer, tell me about your business. Tell me, you know, they're like, oh, we're the best kept secret. We're the best kept secret. I just kept hearing that over and over. I'm like, man, I don't think that's a great marketing strategy. We might need to turn that around. And so therefore the title of the book is Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. And it's probably, you know, it's though I go into the e-commerce spin, it's probably similar to what you and John do. So I kind of have like a four-tier attack. I know we'll dig into e-commerce, but it's it's very probably very similar to what you do. You know, uh, the, our, so we do uh, we offer free do it with you e-commerce training sessions, okay? Free e-commerce training sessions. And what we start with is that buyer persona. You know, we can probably dig into that a little deeper through the conversation. You guys, I'm sure, start with that. You know how critical it is for the manufacturer to know who are you selling to? Who's that ideal buyer? For in my book, in our trainings, for our little cutesy word, we call it who's your soulmate. You know, basically our websites are no, you know, our LinkedIn profile, how you and I connected. You know, if if I was an HR guy or CFO or whatever, you and I wouldn't have connected, but because we both sing too. I don't sing. I have a horrible voice. But if we were singing, we're singing to manufacturers from a marketing standpoint. You know, so we go through. You know, how to find an ideal buyer, how to make that great first impression. We call it web impression. Are you making a great first web impression? Whether social, your website, so on and so forth. We talk about dominate search is number three. And you and I were talking about this a little bit. You know, like when you niche down in manufacturing, there's so many keyword opportunities to really dominate search. And people are like, oh, come on, you know, it's 2021. How can you attack those search engines? Well, when manufacturers niche down, there's just an abundance of opportunities. And then our last approach is we talk about what I call it, how do you get offensive without offending? And in e-commerce, it's like utilizing marketplaces. And I'll wrap up on this. 
lot of custom manufacturers like, hey, wait a minute, you know, we don't have a proprietary product. What do the online marketplaces? Why would I sell on Amazon? We go deep into a lot of hardcore strategies for those custom manufacturers on using those marketplaces and e-commerce. So that's kind of what the basis of the book, Stopping the Best, Best Kept Secret, is about. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a, a really smart. I, I love the title. I, I think the you know I hear the same thing all the time. I mean, you know, it's uh, man, we you know we've got the we've got this this killer product. It's you know it's it's so much better for these reasons, and there are these industry giants, and nobody knows who we are, you know. But but our customers just love us, and it's such a common thing. It doesn't have to be this way, though, does it? Exactly. So, you know, and the challenge for manufacturers, and and again, that's why you've thrived. You know, when did you guys find your? Was it two thousand three? Two thousand six. The the seventy six in Gorilla seventy six. For anybody listening here, is whoever wonders where our name came from is seventh month of 06, which is you know we'd probably have named our company differently if it were happening now. But hey, we were like twenty four year old guys, didn't know what we were doing, and <laughs> I think it's phenomenal. But, you know, and again, Joe, what, you know, as you discover, you know, manufacturers, you, you know, you run into a lot that have been around for generations, some maybe even over a century, right? If not longer, great culture, you know, everything about them is phenomenal. You know, unfortunately, just, you know, well, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, they've built a great legacy without needing marketing, right? It was, you know, trade shows, word of mouth, sales rep goes on the road, pounds of pavement. You know, this is how grandma and grandpa did it. This is how generations have done it. And, you know, it's been gradually changing as the new generation comes in. COVID really, uh, as you know firsthand, just really brought this whole issue to light. Hey, wait a minute. I can't go to a trade show. There are no sales reps are grounded. They can't go, you know, our customers don't, won't let our sales reps in. What do we do? Oh, wait a minute. My website was built in 2005 looks not too good. And so, you know, how do we change that? I can't, you know, I'm doing a search for your product, your service, or your solution, and I can't find you. You are truly the best kept secret, you know? So, and again, that's why a company like Gorilla 76 is so valuable to the market for manufacturers to help conquer, you know, those strategies. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that all the power in the buying and selling process has shifted to the buyer over the, you know, the last 20 plus years as more and more information has become available, as younger generation has risen up and taken more control and they don't want to be cold called, they want to go investigate things on their own. And then all of a sudden you throw last year and what happened with COVID on top of it and travel and face-to-face, you know, largely going away and, and some of it won't come back. Like some of it will, some of it won't. So it's, yeah, it's just this, it's such a, a change in, in the way companies need to be operating. And I think it's this particular topic that we're on today is that much more important for that reason. So. Absolutely. And we, as you mentioned, we have a webinar program we do every Friday. You're, you know, we're fortunate enough. You're, you're going to be a guest of ours and, you know, maybe you'll come out around the time of this show. Super excited. You have a great topic that we're going to talk about, but we had a gentleman that was on our program recently and, and, and I love, you know, I'm sure you love doing these podcasts, man. I learn every time, every week, you know, uh, 70% of the buying decision is already made before they even pick up a call, you know, the phone or drop you an email, you know, they're doing all that research on your website. You know, I know you, you have a dynamic team of journalism majors. I know like out your way, Missouri, one of the top, you know, journalism schools in the country. I know you have a few folks on your team from Missouri and a lot of heavy 
creative minds, great journalism background. You're helping people tell that story where, you know, where manufacturers, they just, they, you know, they, they flew under the radar, you know, Hey, we like just kind of like doing our, our thing, keeping it low key. And that this is all change. And so now, you know, bringing on a team like you blogging content, video strategy, you mentioned LinkedIn social, you're like, man, do I, you know, Facebook is for, you know, hanging out what I had for dinner last night. No, if you're, you know, everybody has a late, there's labor shortages everywhere right now. Well, guess what? You're now competing with your, you know, competition, even people that aren't in your field, you're competing with fast food restaurants for good quality talent now. If a, you know, 20 something would be, who would be an all-star at your manufacturing operation doesn't see that you're posting on Facebook, that you're posting on social, what's going on behind the curtain. You know, geez, I drive by that big building. I don't know what you guys, what, you know, you contribute to the community, what's going on there. So I think again, stop being the best kept secret, not just for customers, but also for recruiting, you know, talent is, is absolutely critical these days. Love it. I, I completely agree. Well, Kurt, let's get into this e-commerce topic here. So this is really your world and I want to tap into your brain power here. You have described to me, we had a, a call you know, a few days back to kind of flesh out this conversation a little bit, what we wanted to hit on. You described to me a three-prong process or maybe not process is the right word, but three-prong approach to e-commerce for manufacturers. And I'd, I'd love to spend some time here breaking down what each of those three things are. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think what's so common and whether you see this frequently, you know, you land on a manufacturer's website and I'm sorry to say this, there's this awful horrific disease, Joe, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. We call it the wee-wee syndrome. And if you're not familiar with the wee-wee syndrome, what we encourage manufacturers and when we do our training, do our workshops, we get a big kick out of it. We do a lot of work with the MEPs. That's a manufacturing extension partnerships. We just did a program today at Purdue University. Yesterday, we were in Pennsylvania. The day before, we were at Nebraska, University of Nebraska MEP. And so we get a, it's a, it brings a lot of smiles, a lot of chuckles. We call it the wee-wee syndrome. I think I know where you're going here. I think I, think I know, but I want you to say it. Yeah. But, and, I, and I will take credit for this. My dear friend, if you know, Alison DeFord, she would be awesome on your podcast. She'd be a great guest. I'm going to credit my dear friend, my bestie, Alison, with this term. The we, we syndrome is count how many times you use the word we on your website. We have great capabilities. We have great equipment. We have great skills. We have the best. Just ask us da, 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 right? And the challenges for the buyer, the person, it's all due respect. And, and, and man, we're all guilty of this. They don't care. They don't care about us. They just want to care about the solution that is provided, you know? So when we go through these trainings, we walk, you know, we go through, we go deep into a lot of examples of like, flip the, flip the story and make it all about them. Okay. So now when that ideal buyer, your soulmate, they land on the website and, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned buyers, Joe, because when you think about buyers, they are sometimes the, the, the most, uh, I don't know if we were in school, we'd call it picked on, but they take a lot of heat all day, every day. You bought too much of this. You bought too little of that. You brought the wrong size here. You know, the buyer is beat up all day and that's who we're targeting are those buyers, right? So while they're getting beat up, now we're trying to come in. Now we're trying to sell something to them. So the goal is, how can we make it as easy as humanly possible? So the three-pronged approach, I'll run through it quickly. Number one, you know, a lot of times, and we sing to the custom manufacturer, we're like, hey, wait a minute, you guys are talking e-commerce, you know, we make stuff for other people, that's not really us. 
an RFQ is by definition e-commerce, man. It's somebody sending you a draw and asking you, let's conduct business together, right? So do you have a clear, concise call to action? Do you have like a big form? Hey, tell me your firstborn, your social security number, you know, like make it super easy call to action. I think we're going to get into, uh, you know, another little pricing conversation, but you know, just how can you turn that around as fast as possible and make it easy for them? So first and foremost, make that RFQ, make it easy, make yourself accessible easy to do business with. Number two, how can you jump into e-commerce? And so we go through like specific examples and, and, we're, and it's awesome when we have, we take manufacturers through our training process of the light bulb goes off and they're like, man, even though I'm selling a four or five, even a six figure, figure product, we can use e-commerce. And when they discover that, it is so exciting where they're going to like now all of a sudden go on a shopping cart. Maybe they'll put it on Amazon. And we have a company in Alaska that has like these big heavy duty fuel tanks for helicopters. And so now she's going to start, she's going to go in that direction of like e-commerce. We have someone that does like these big ceramic molds, you know, thousands of dollars. They want to get into e-commerce with these projects because buyers are now going on Amazon. They want to buy. They're going on, you know, onto your e-commerce store. They don't have time. Like you said, the millennial generation isn't waiting. The third thing I'd like to share, we are super, super bullish on anybody that's willing to listen. I talk about configurators, those configurators, quote builders, calculators, whatever you want to call them. You and I were just talking about a, a good buddy of mine, from above the fray, Noah Oakenberg, he connected you with Tom, or uh, he connected me with Tom Paul. Tom was just a guest on, on your podcast. He's a company in Portland. They do a great job with, with configurators. Chris Harrington, president and CEO of Gen Alpha, another great guest for you to consider on your program. They're up in Milwaukee. They have they are an e-commerce firm for manufacturers. They do an incredible job with configurators. So let the ideal buyer, that soulmate, land on your website build your product and just check out and like not even have to call you over the RFQ. You're now putting that sales process on your website, pulling it off of your plate. So anyway, so that's my, that's our three-pronged approach with e-commerce for manufacturers. Yeah, I think that's really smart. And, you know, touching on something you were saying a minute ago, and I've seen this a few times recently where we've been consulting a client and we're always trying to push our clients into simplifying their service, their product offering, where they can like, look like, where are you actually profitable? Where are you just, where are you fulfilling orders where the margins are, are low, but you, you know, these customers, some of the times the smallest customers take up the most time and, and you're not even making money, frankly, but a lot of times the things they're buying could be more, a little more standard maybe. And so I've had customers say, well, maybe we could activate a distribution channel to handle commerce here for these particular more standard product lines that are lower margin. And then we don't have to have our salespeople spending all their time servicing. Well, I think that's another argument for maybe where you could use e-commerce, right? Could you simplify some of your service offerings and say, we're going to sell these standard because that's probably good enough for somebody at this price point, right? Oh, I love it. I couldn't agree with you more. And again, you know, I know from an, you know, if we were having an engineering conversation, it might be much different for us as marketers. It's very easy. Yeah, just you know, Henry Ford, you know, put it in any color you want as long as it's black, right? I know it's not that easy, but what you're saying is like if you take like the 80-20 rule, you know, so if there are commodity products that that customer manufacturer is making, and just like really start hammering down on those particular products, those that can open up the door to so much, you know, makes makes your life a lot easier when you. You walk into the manufacturer, like, hey, what's your key? You know, what are your keywords? What are your core strengths? Da da da. Well, now when they focus on that eighty percent, 
that can create their, you know, now here's your potential keyword strategy. Now, potentially here's an e-commerce strategy. We could put those products out there. And even when that engineer or that buyer, like, Hey, I see that you have this particular, whatever circuit board, or you have this particular product, it's close, but I need this. But because they found you on a marketplace or they found you with that keyword strategy, now we can have the conversation to dig deeper, to customize it a couple steps further, but boy, we're really close. You know, so that's, I, I absolutely love what you're saying there. That's really smart, actually. And, and I, ha- I have one client who is kind of doing exactly that, where their main website, they have two websites. Their main website is very bigger, higher price point, more custom jobs. And this is their main business. Well, they own a really important keyword in their space and they have built a website, an e commerce site all around that. And they sell the commodity products and they don't make much money when they sell them. But when somebody buys it, they fill out a, they're filling out a form, they're purchasing something, a, a transaction happens and a relationship begins there. And all of a sudden that is, is the lead in to turning them into a, a customer of, of really their, their core service offering. And so sometimes the e-commerce component of your business is not even going to be a profit center for you in and of itself. It may be more of a lead generator for you to start conversations with the right people. So I think you kind of have to reframe your mindset about why you're maybe doing e-commerce in the first place. Absolutely. That's absolutely brilliant. I love that strategy that you're suggesting there with, you know, with that particular client. And again, and it's just it's just a different mindset for the manufacturer. And again, you know, like you deal with dozens, hundreds over, over your career and phenomenal operations. Boy, nobody does it better. They know that widget inside and out. You know, and they're probably great leaders, good, you know, great with HR, great with operations, finance, all those other things. They just they've never really needed to market themselves. And so this is just such a, a glaring gap. You know, I don't know if you'll, you'll relate to this. Like when you started your business, I always kid around manufacturers. What's, what hit retail 20 years ago is now hitting manufacturers today. So say like Main Street, your florist, plumber, whatever, your everyday service providers, you know, 20 years ago, you know, Joe, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, you know, this thing called a phone book, you know, I don't, maybe you're, I don't know, but there was this thing way back a hundred years ago called a phone book. You know, I could take, that was my marketing campaign. I took an ad out in a phone book and maybe I sponsored a little league team or, you know, whatever that is a retailer. That was my marketing campaign. All of a sudden this whole internet thing came about. So it was a plumber, florist, so on and so forth. They had to hit this whole social media thing, website, you know, 15 years ago, right? Manufacturers kind of skirted it. Ah, that's not, this internet thing's not going to catch us. So now, unfortunately, they have to start thinking like a retailer almost, you know? So I love what you're saying. And it's getting out of the box, getting creative and how, you know, what you're describing, all those custom manufacturers, what they have, they might have a proprietary product. They have a proprietary process in right there that can, that proprietary process that again, that can be your keyword strategy. That's what you want to focus on your website. That's what content that you, you know, the magic that you guys perform. That's what you want to focus on is, you know, that again, just coming back to like that 80, 20 rule, what do you do best? Stay in your strike zone and exploit that. Let's talk a little bit more here about keyword and keyword strategy, content strategy. You know, I see the SEO landscape changing a lot over the last few years. It's becoming, I mean, the saturation of content is like, you know, increasing exponentially. It's becoming that much more difficult to rank. And so it requires you to be a lot more niched down and specific. And I know that I heard you talk a little bit about that. So I'll, I'll stop there. What, what's kind of your take on where you know SEO or search engine optimization and, and content strategy fit into this conversation? 
Yeah. When you started your firm in 2006, think about like, what did Google look like back then? Very plain text, right? You never saw an image. You never saw a video. It was very plain, right? Why did, you know, now do a Google search for uh, flowers, shoes, a commodity, right? And what are you going to see? Pictures, images, videos, all, you know, now it's like, man, Google, what happened? Well, Google now has fierce competition. Amazon is as big of a, as a search engine as it is a product distributor. Think about that. You know, we had a gentleman on our program, Brian Beck. He talked about 60, over 60% of product searches begin on Amazon. So again, if you're a manufacturer and you, and you're like, well, I don't do, you know, Amazon's at my house, you know, it's at my front door every day. That's consumer products, goods. That's how we survive through COVID. If you don't have some type of a presence, I just, and again, I know there's a lot of exceptions, but you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage, you know, when you think about that. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I can go to LinkedIn is now a search engine. I could go to Instagram. I can go to Pinterest. That's why there's so many images. Say if you have a CNC shop, fabricate metal, circuit boards. Again, if I do those really broad terms, you, you, 100%, you're, you know, the chain, I was kid around. I don't know if anybody can see me. I have no hair. I'm like, if you want to come up on first page for like CNC machining, fabricating metal, you got a better chance to see me with hair. It's just not going to happen. Right. But if we did fabricating metal for turbine engines in aerospace, or if we did uh, printed circuit boards with conformal coating on, you know, da, 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 da. So what in our training, again, we try to, you know, I deal with a lot of digital immigrants, you know, so I'm a digital immigrant. I was born way before 1980. I'm going to assume that you're a digital native. I'm, I'm assuming, right? So I'm 52. So I'm a digital immigrant. You know, I, I remember, you know, your parents probably remember our eight track players back in the day, right? So for digital immigrants, it's just so much different than the, for the digital native on that key, you know, so we try to keep it really simple with our, with our training session because we target a lot of digital immigrants. So we run through an example like this. All right, guys, if we did a search for shoes, here's what it looks like. You know, 5 billion pages on Amazon, cluttered, clustered, right? If I do running shoes, maybe it went down to like 2 billion, but it's still a ton of, right? If I do pink running shoes, now I'm getting a little bit more specific and the search keeps going down. Now I have a teenage daughter. If she's looking for pink running shoes with purple shoelaces, bingo, now I have a specific match. And what we're encouraging the manufacturers to think about, what are your pink running shoes with purple shoelaces, meaning what are your printed circuit boards with a specific part or a specific industry? What is your CNC machine part in aerospace for turbine engine? You know, so take it, you know, a couple words further. And I feel there are still tremendous SEO opportunities when you stretch that out. Yep. And, and, you know, the, the argument for lower volume, but higher quality applies here, right? It's, I think you said something about finding your, your soulmate with a customer. So I forgot exactly how you phrased it, but I mean, th- this is what we're talking about here, right? Like you serve a very specific type of customer who needs a very specific thing. And the more specific you can be with the content that you're creating for them and the, you know, the, the words you're using to describe what you do and who you sell, the more likely you are to attract the right people. And I'd much rather have 10 people visit my website who fit my ideal customer profile to a T than a thousand people that are, could potentially be customers, but probably most of them aren't, right? That's exactly right. And think like, 
again, you have a wealth of talent on your team. And, and again, I have to throw another plug at you guys. You know, a lot of ma uh, marketers, when you go out there, you know, in our space, you know, we kid around, and, you know, we're the cobbler's kid with no shoes. Marketers that have the bad website, bad social presence. What I love about you guys at, G at Gorilla 76, you guys don't talk to talk, you walk to walk. And when you go to your, and I encourage anybody listening, check out Joe's website. You have a great meet the team page. And I got it. I also, and I know I want to stay on course. I know we have a, I want to be mindful of time. I love, love this was, man, I've learned so much from you just in a short period of time. You guys have, we are a team, not a family on your website. And I absolutely love that. I think that is so important where sometimes people kind of, you know, companies will blur that, oh, we're a family. I love that you guys have that competitive spirit that you're a, you're a team. And again, you, a lot of journalism folks on your team, you guys do a, create a ton of content. I'm sure you see, you have tons of success stories where you've niched down into those keywords. And now, like you said, you know, you're landing four or five, six figure gigs for your, for your clients, correct? So I think it's, it's so important on that quality. Again, think about that shoe example I gave, like pink running shoes, purple shoelaces. If one of your rock stars you know, on your team, put out a great piece on, you know, something very specific for a manufacturer. And they landed that one keyword and that engineer at Boeing or Lockheed Martin needs that specific part or that spe specific piece of machinery. And your team put out that content. And now we met, you know, now magic happens. So absolutely. We're, there's still tremendous opportunities for manufacturers in that space. Well, let's shift gears here for a second here. Kurt, I, I published something recently on LinkedIn that stirred the pot a little, and then it got, got a nice response and I turned it into our newsletter, which went out to you know 4,000 manufacturing people or so. And the topic here, because I know, I know you're, you're smiling right now because I know you, you've got similar feelings to me on this one. So I wanted to riff on this a little bit, but I made the argument that you need to talk about pricing on your website as a manufacturer specifically. And that can mean a lot of things, but I would like to hear it kind of let you kick it off here. Like why, why do you, you know, assuming you agree, which I'm pretty sure you do like, t tell us what your take is on, on why it's important to actually list pricing or talk about pricing. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more. When you when you put that post out, I was like, I gave you a standing ovation. And I can't, I might have, and sometimes when I see a really good one, that's kind of my thing, I'll, I'll drop standing ovation. Hopefully I did that for your post. I loved it. I think it's personally, I think it's critical. And I know it's an, uh, and a lot of folks are going to disagree with us. Totally respect that. Love it. You know, from my perspective, put it out there. I played football hundred years ago. I won't say I was good, but I, I had the honor. I played, so I'm, I'm here in New York. Our football's, you know, it's not like Texas or Ohio, some of the powerhouse states, but I played for a coach. My team was, my, my team in particular was awful, absolutely awful, probably his worst season of his career, but we played for a legendary, legendary coach. He had like three titles in New York state, which was a big deal, big, you know, the, the top level of schools, whatever. And he would always preach this and, and maybe this will resonate with you. He said, guys, when you break out of the huddle, you should be able to walk up to the line of scrimmage, tell the person across the line from you exactly what play you're running and still kick that other person's rear end and run the play. And if you didn't, it wasn't because of that moment. It was because you didn't do sprints hard enough during practice. You didn't hit the weight room. You didn't do this, 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 and this. And so I, I, you know, I'm 52. That was 30, however many years ago. That still has stuck with me today. When this pricing conversation, or a lot of times people are like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. When I used to do LinkedIn trainings like six, seven, eight years ago, when LinkedIn was newer, and uh, they're like, well, we don't want to put ourselves out there because what if people still are employees? 
I'm like, man, that's like, that's like, Hey, I don't want to have my spouse on Facebook. Cause they might find their prom date from like, I think you have bigger issues going on. You know, if you're worried about your spouse on Facebook and that's a whole, you know, you're worried, you know, if you're worried about your employees on LinkedIn, man, that's that you have bigger issues. I don't if if I'm comparing an apple to an apple, walk up to the line of scrimmage, man. Tell the person across the line from you what play you're running. Tell them your price because the thing is, if you're way out of out of league on the price, you might be doing yourself a favor because maybe the, you know that wasn't a good fit for you anyway. You know, but the thing is, for the time that you're cut, but your competition needs a process that RFQ figure out the price on their own. What you're doing is you're putting your sales and your customer service on your website. What I preach constantly, my book, my training, webinar, everything. As a manufacturer, how can you help your ideal buyer, that soulmate, make a buying decision on a Friday night at midnight without having you wait for you to open up your doors on Monday? That's a competitive advantage. So I'll wrap up on that, Joe. I just, I love that post. I feel so strongly about it. And I'm sure we could find exceptions or, yeah, you're right. Maybe that item you shouldn't. But again, I talked about Brian Beck earlier. He has a book, Billion uh, billion Dollar B2B E-Commerce. He has he talked about cardinal health and like companies are putting six, seven figure items on e-commerce on a website and the price is right there. So there's plenty of precedent to support it. If some if companies feel strongly against it, I respect it. But man, I'm fearful if your competition is putting it out there that they're gonna win the win the game. And that's that's just the thing. And you can make this argument in so many areas of digital marketing and content. Like, what do your customers need to make buying decisions? What information do they need? You got to put that out there. And, and, you know, there are probably people listening right now saying, well, yeah, but you know, we sell a $500,000 to $1 million equipment that's all custom and it's a year long buy cycle. And there's, you know, there's plant managers involved and there's engineers and CFOs and CEOs and procurement. And, and there's no, nothing's, you know, you can't put a price on, it. I can't put a hundred that this costs $126,000 and 50 cents, right. Or, or whatever. But here's what you can do. You can give a range. You know, if your product usually costs between 50 and 150 K set those expectations and you're, you're going to weed out price shoppers, like you said, who are just going to waste your sales team's time. And you're going to further qualify those who can actually afford your solution. And then, you know, the other things here, right? Like explain the differences between if you're usually between 50 and 150K, what's the difference? What, why is something 150 versus 50? That's a great way to educate your audience on, on different buying decisions they can make. Because frankly, for the 50 is perfect for some people and the 150 is perfect for others. And they want to understand the difference. And then, you know, another thing you can do is compare to the alternative. Like what's your, what's your buyer used to seeing and what's the difference? You know, I, I, one of our earliest clients was an industrial coatings manufacturer and they were, you know, some of their product was being used to coat a bridge that crosses the Mississippi river outside of St. Louis. And they, I remember having a conversation about total cost of ownership and how they had to kind of bring that into their marketing because like, you could buy this product to coat this bridge with you know millions of probably thousands I don't know how many gallons of paint right but to coat a huge bridge and it's going to last ten years or you could buy this product and it's going to last thirty years and the, the total difference in cost there over that period of time makes it a no brainer right unless unless this is just a cash decision so like you could you could talk all day about that you're probably having that conversation in like in sales conversations so do it in marketing be the one who educates your audience and who's going to be the first one that they they pick up the phone and call it's going to be you right cuz you're you're helping them you know what you're talking about you're making that very clear so i'm just a huge advocate for making the buying process easy being transparent you create trust that way just so many benefits so 
dude, we're, we're perfectly aligned on that. And, uh, you know, and, and again, I just, I, I really admire the work that you guys do. And uh, just, I, I love keep pounding the pavement and uh, you get, it's just, I can't wait to see, I'm so honored to kind of enter your circle. I can't wait. I'm thrilled to be a part of this journey with you guys. Now I picked up 15 years in and uh, just, I'm super excited to just see where you guys take the company. Just very exciting. Well, thank you, Kurt. I appreciate that. Well, is, is there anything we did not touch on that you wanted to make sure we did? We covered a ton, you know, and again, I'm throwing a lot of love your way, you know, go to Gorilla 76, check. And I, you know, as, as, a, as a fellow dad, I just, I really admire you as a dad. You know, we talked about Grace and, and uh, you know, Jack, and I know you just had a baby, Charlie. And just, um, and again, I'm just, I'm just, you're just such a good dude. I'm just really, really pleased that you and I have connected. I'm looking forward to a long relationship with you. And uh, again, thank you for this opportunity to be on your show today. I'm just, I'm just so touched and just thrilled of uh, where our relationship goes. And I'm very excited, man. We're just, we're, we're very much aligned. We're going to be pounding the pricing thing for our manufacturers. And, and someday we'll, when we get together in person, we'll celebrate and say, Hey, look at all these manufacturers and now putting their price out there. And, you know, maybe you and I had a little piece to do with it. Right. I like it. I like it. I think that's great. Well, th- thank you for all the kind words. I feel the same way. It's, it's great to have crossed paths here finally. And I'm excited to be on your, on your upcoming webinar as well. So we'll do this. We'll be in reverse roles here that time around. So very cool. So Kurt, can you tell our audience how they can get in touch with you and where they can more, learn more about what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. I live on LinkedIn. Great place to find me. It's uh, there, I know there's a lot of Kurt Anderson's out there. So Kurt Anderson, B2B tail. I also am part of uh, e-commerce management. And so it's a cooperative for manufacturers. We do a lot of work with the manufacturing extension partnerships. I do multiple LinkedIn lives through the week. And, you know, so I'd love to connect with anybody out there and anybody looking for e-commerce or, you know, trying to help with this digital transformation. What we do is we work with the folks, uh, we want to do it with you and then kind of, you know, train, you know, educate them enough. Like you said, you know, I love what you were talking about teaching and educating that then what we do is now we're going to graduate them, hand them off to like a gorilla 76. And now you guys are really going to blow it up, but now they can at least speak that right language with you, you know? So that's, that's our goal. And that's our role in the, in the process. Awesome. I love it. Well, there's there's a place for what you're doing for sure. And I hope, hope we got the right people listening here. We'll make sure to broadcast the message. So very good. Well, I think we can put a wrap on it, Kurt. I really appreciate you doing this. Absolutely. My, my privilege. Wish everybody a tremendous success. Go out there, just keep crushing it. You know, focus on, you know, connect with Joe on LinkedIn, follow his content, follow. There's just so much information out there now, you know, to help educate the manufacturers. You're not in a, you know, here's the last message we could wrap up with, Joe. You know, as a manufacturer, business owner, you know, remember when you and John first started out, you feel like you're alone, you're in a silo, you know, you're on an island, just, you know, grinding, you know, supply chain, labor shortage, COVID, so, you know, everything. There are so many resources out there. Connect with a guy like Joe Sullivan, connect with your local manufacturing extension partnership. There's just a lot of resources. Hang out on LinkedIn, collaborate, learn, enjoy, and have a good time. You know, let's have a little fun. So we'll wrap up on that. I like it. Good message. Kurt, once again, thanks for doing this. And as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com slash learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.